Hi, and welcome to episode five of our podcast. In today's episode, we're going to be looking at the different roles of a business owner and understanding the challenges that come with that. Uh, today's guest is Brian Charter from Engineering Business Growth. Welcome, Brian. Would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, yeah, hi. Thanks, Russ. Um, so, said I'm Brian. Um, I run with my business partner, Beverly Engineering Business Growth. Um, we are a business coaching um, and consultancy business um, supporting business owners who are looking to grow. Um, so looking to get clear on their strategy as to how they're gonna move forward um, and uh, essentially grow revenues, grow profits, et cetera. Yeah, brilliant. And what kind of business owners do you work with? Is it one specific industry? Is it much wider? Um, so typically we, we, we don't work with any specific industry and we work with a broad range of, of sectors typically tends to be a business owner at a certain size in a certain sort of stage. So they might have anywhere between five and 50 employees, but we often use the analogy of vehicles and we describe it like they're in a car, which is they've got a lot of people around them, the thing's going fast, they're doing well, but if they get out, the whole thing stops. And they're sort of in that, that place where they're a bit stuck, kind of potentially they're the bottleneck and they yeah. need to step out of being that person who is still Kind of the buck stops with them for everything to beyond that where they've actually got people who are responsible for all the core functions of the business marketing sales operations finance talent they've got a plan for it and they've got individuals who are responsible for driving those areas forward and they have that strategic oversight it's why we call it engineering business growth because we um it's about them almost becoming the the engineer that puts the bits in place to enable yeah. the growth yeah, and that's why I thought it'd be great to have you on because our, our audience are small businesses primarily. So that fits in perfect because being one myself, as I know you are, obviously uh, it's we know these challenges. We all face these challenges as we're trying to grow our businesses. There are those kind of multiple hats. So really understanding the different roles business owners play, I thought would be a really good topic because I know through conversations we've had before with business owners having different roles, people initially think that we're talking about you do a bit of finance you do a bit of marketing you do a bit of sales and as as we've, we've touched on before it's that is the case but actually even inside each of those functions there's the multiple roles to play absolutely so do you just want to talk through kind of um to give our listeners a bit of an idea as to if if they were doing marketing what the different roles would be within inside that in itself Sure. So, and, and that's what's really interesting. I think business, you have to get yourself in this mindset of looking at the individual silos. And marketing is absolutely crucial as one of the silos of, um, because it's, it, they all relate to each other, obviously. But this is the bit where it's about getting people to put their hands up. It's about getting them to say, yeah, I'm interested in you. I, I, want to find out more and then you move on to the sales function but within marketing there's so much that goes into making that happen so you yeah. know you've got you've got to be someone who understands numbers because if you're looking particularly well at any form of marketing you need to be measuring your return on investment you need to be collecting data you need to be understanding which forms of marketing are working for you you've also yeah. got to be um someone if you're going to market effectively i mean you know ross you're the marketing expert um it's all about getting people to engage it's getting their emotions to yeah. something inside them to prick up and go oh they're talking to me i've got that problem because marketing is all about solving you know your business is about solving people's problems you want them to 
get them to put their hand up. And that means to do that effectively, you've got to be an effective copywriter. You've got to understand how to press those emotional hot buttons. In order to do that, you've got to be a marketing strategist who can actually get in the mindset and say, well, first, go and do the data analysis. Who are my best clients? Which are most profitable? Which sort of do I enjoy working with the most? Which yeah. buy most frequently from me? And then go, what's the profile of those clients? And start to create a picture around them and understand what is the problem I really solve for them. So if I go out looking for more of those guys, what do I need to be saying to them? And yeah. You've got to have someone who understands how to communicate that. And then you've got all the, like, the visual aspect of it as well. So it's not just you can write great words, but if you can't get someone to, you know, look at what it is that you're doing because it doesn't stand yeah. out and doesn't, doesn't appeal to them. So you've got so many different facets in marketing. I mean, you, I'm sure you've got more yeah. to add to that as um, well. Yeah, because I, I think um, this is why I thought this topic would be really, really good because when we see it all the time with um, business owners when they come to us uh, about our services, some of them come to us and they say, we want social media. But they're not thinking about actually what the what they want out of social media. So mm. actually, what is it you want? Have you got the right strategy in place? Have you got the right channels? But then even um, thinking about it before, then they might say, this is what we want to do. They've got a bit of an idea on the strategy. So they've done that bit maybe because they like it or they've got the skills in, in strategy. Um, but then they don't actually know who their customer is or they haven't actually done that background research into their industry or their products and services or their competitors. And it's like, all, there's so many different aspects to it that often people group everything together. And I think that's the same with all the functions. And obviously we're talking about marketing uh, mostly today, but it's actually they see it as marketing's one thing. But there's so many things inside that and so many different types of skill sets that you need. And that's only growing and expanding every single year as new things are coming out, as, as psychology is kind of evolving, as people's behaviours are changing. So to actually be able to have the skills in all those areas is, is quite challenging but i think where business owners are kind of missing a trick is they don't identify that there are different skill sets so sometimes people might work with have a single marketer in house great mm. but that person will have a set of skills mm. and there'll be things they can do things they can't which is why often and my background was being in-house um, uh, running digital departments but we would work with agencies to deliver some of the services that we didn't have either the capacity or the skills and knowledge in-house and I think that's where business owners don't necessarily understand the different layers of it. So, as you said, strategy is one of them, but then somebody doing something so as sending out a social media post, just complete different skill sets. Would you not agree? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I think, um, you know, it's as you've as you've just highlighted, it's actually being able to execute all the functions. So, I mean, what I was talking about, I suppose, as a starting point is kind of the different elements that go into a strategy and communicating but then you've actually got all the different there's so many different mediums that you've got yeah. to understand just how to use them you know if you want to do if you want to use google ads if you want to use facebook ads um, and that's why an agency like yours is so helpful because you've got such a multiple and diverse skill set so you've got you know 25 people who have all got different layer areas of expertise and they can be an expert in social yeah. media and you know and a linkedin channel then you've got experts in facebook and you've got experts in google and you've got experts in all the different channels which if you try and get your head into that even as you say you can employ one marketer within your business but they're not going to understand them to that level 
in the same way that just having an expert who's able to look at each individual channel and know what's going on in that space. I mean, also, particularly on the digital front, things change all the time. Yeah. As far as if you want to make sure you're still ranking for your SEO, if you want to make sure that you're still, you know, getting the right keywords in your ads and all of that and the right exclusions, all those things. I mean, I'm able to talk about them, but I don't understand how to do it at all. <laughs> um, yeah, but I think what's interesting there is that even so with, if we said social media is a quite a good example to talk about here, if, that if somebody is competent and is good at being able to manage social media accounts, if a new social media account like TikTok comes out, they can usually adapt and pick it up quite quickly by spending mm -hmm. time and learning it. But that same person might not have the skills to be able to analyze results effectively. And, and it's like actually those skills, a lot of them, you can kind of group them and say, OK, this person's analytical. So we need that. If not, we need somebody else in the business to make sure it's being reported on. Because if you've got somebody in marketing and they can't do the numbers, that's OK. But somebody needs to do it. So whether that is the business owner, somebody external, someone else in the business, mm. it, it's something that the box needs to be ticked. Who yeah. does it? is open for discussion but it's identifying that these things need to be done in the first place and that again comes back to the strategy which often in a small business needs to come from the business owner unless they get somebody um in-house who can take responsibility understanding the business at a deep level to be able to do that can i ask you a question actually yeah oh here we go right do you ever do you ever get marketing businesses or or marketing leads coming to you because I imagine in some ways they must be the most <laughs> challenging people to work with because they've probably really got their their area of expertise or and well <laughs> it's interesting because we actually have market some a couple of marketing trainers who have come to us to okay. set up and run their campaigns that they're teaching people that they're experts in so oh, wow. <laughs> but again that that it's almost, it almost highlights a bit of a, a problem with the industry in one respect that well, a challenge that we face for sure. And that is that a lot of people position themselves as experts, but they don't have the skills, knowledge or confidence to do it themselves. And right. then people buy into that. And then that creates a problem because if the service isn't delivered properly, mm. then the, 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 those small businesses who have invested in that lose out because it didn't work for them and people right. get the, once people get their hands burnt they're very unlikely to, to we've got to rebuild their confidence in the service again and i think that's that's one of the big challenges and i think often why a barrier where business owners are not sure about trusting somebody external but at the same time it is about identifying what skills you can do what your capacity is how would you say from your experience dealing with different business owners what's the point they should start to look to I say outsource or get somebody and start to or, or make how do they make the decision that okay this isn't a skill set for me and two when is a good time for them to say okay i need somebody else to help with this okay um i'm gonna go with how they make decision that isn't a good skill set for them to start with typically i think business owners need to be really honest with themselves and uh, it's very easy to spot it externally um because so we help people develop strategy across marketing, sales, operations, finance, talent, and it all joins up. And every month they've got maybe not sort of actions to move forward in each area. Yeah. And then on a month by month basis, we review progress. And there's typically there's a few areas where they'll be absolutely flying. 
And there's a few areas where month after month, the same things are sitting there because they're not actually getting done. And that's your first indication that that needs to be something that you are looking to hand over um, and, and perhaps get some support with. Because we all know there are things we like to do and we're good at. Um, and there are yeah. things that we don't like to do so much and we don't have necessarily have experience in. Um, and often they become a barrier. And this is one of the things that actually makes it so challenging to grow a business is you might be a marketer, you might be an accountant, you might be a lawyer and you go set up a business doing it, but you don't take into account the fact that actually you're excellent at delivering what it is that you do, but maybe the other areas of the business aren't so much your yeah. strength or your interest. So Finance for me. <laughs> right. yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, and so therefore having some support in that area to help you get around that faster rather than just essentially because otherwise it'll hold you back it'll hold the business back so i think that's one of the key indicators is if you go oh yeah i know i need to, i need to be getting more leads into the business i need to be and it keeps coming back but actually you're not really doing anything about it or you're just not achieving it then yeah. but if you've got a decent product then something needs to shift there you need to find another way forward and that i think is sometimes the the time when people once they acknowledge that they need to then go looking for external help um, yeah have you got any tips on how people can identify or would you say actually it is almost getting somebody external to look in and see give their opinion because it can be tough identifying any kind of issues or things in a business when you've got 101 things to do so what would your kind of advice be for that So we do a, um, it, it is quite hard to do on your own. And obviously the obvious plug is you need to get a, <laughs> you know, you need to get a coach or someone to come and have a look with you. Um, and, but I do believe genuinely, actually you can have a chat with a friend. You can, and sort yeah. of say, I'm having these challenges. And sometimes just through talking through it, often just taking yourself out of the situation and and trying to see it through someone else's eyes, that yeah. can be the most effective way of identifying where where the roadblocks might be. Um, would you say on that then that most of say the clients, the business owners that work with you, actually it's only after they start working with you that they realize these issues are there. Maybe they come to you for one thing or for overall business support and through working with you, that's when they identify, oh, there's this, this and this, and I didn't know that yeah yeah um, definitely so i can definitely see that as well because i think um i've obviously been to um part of your club and been there and speaking to the other business owners that's even the value there of networking with other business owners who are also growing and being able to have conversations share challenges get their opinion yep. there's been so much value there that it just makes you go away thinking hold on, I might have something there or I'm, there's something that I might need to consider. Whereas before you might not, and because they're business owners, you're more open-minded. Whereas if my husband was to say things to me, it's like, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, and, <laughs> but, yeah. but you can and, relate to them. So it, you listen to them. Yeah, and that is very true. And I think the, um, you know, we use the phrase, you've probably heard it a lot, but you don't know what you don't know. Um, yeah. And it's by putting yourself in an environment where you're talking to other peers, who are business owners as well that 
really does help to start open up because you hear things so often we're part of what we do in our club is have a uh, a masterminding session so people will bring current challenges within the business and they're yeah. not necessarily talking about their challenges um in that session but people always take a lot away even from hearing about other people's challenges that they've brought up because they go ah yeah as they start to solve those problems they relate it back to their business because actually every business although we can be in so many different industries a lot of the challenges you know people finance how do you find your ideal route to market how do you create customer avatars how do you sell effectively yeah. those challenges are all the same they're just being applied to different sort of yeah. solutions um and so that's why we find actually it's really effective to have i mean you as you say you've been in our clubs and um the different businesses that are in there are really wide and varied, but actually people in some ways get a lot more from each other than if they were all in one industry silo because they're seeing how other people tackle things and they're getting different areas of expertise. Yeah, and you're, you're right, because it is um, the same challenges regardless if you're a business owner and at a, and at a similar stage, like growth stage as well, particularly, you are facing those challenges. And I know another big one, which kind of relates to we're talking about the different roles is, decide it when do you make that leave to say oh do we do we invest in employing somebody or not because actually that is a big investment for a small business every single person you bring on board but actually you've really got to be confident that you need it but also decide whether it's right do you have any advice for the listeners on uh, who might be at that stage yeah i think so and this is where the sort of the way that the world has evolved and the working world is evolving actually can really help small business owners because I think it's about you need some centralized resource and some flexible resource and that's where I think age so you can decide well I should have a head of marketing or you could say well actually I'm going to use an agency like Mr Digital to, to serve my marketing resource and dependent yeah. on where I sort of what level I want that to be at that can be at sort of less than the value of employing a person or it can go all the way up to the value of employing a person and then I've got a decision to make as to well actually do I get those multiple different areas of expertise um, from yourselves yeah. is it worth replacing that what you know all of those with one individual now or actually is this working for me but similarly in in smaller ways you can I mean I've got uh, thinking of an architecture client who has five in the team and yeah. but they always have a very engaged freelancer who also flexes up and down their workload um, yeah and it gives them that that additional capacity and there's all sorts of you know now with people being much more in that um mindset of kind of freelancing a lot more people you know they want flexible working so they're working for themselves um actually there's a lot more solutions out there to be able to do that um, yeah so I would say kind of the key question is what's the tipping point obviously it costs a bit more generally on an yeah. hourly rate to have a freelancer so can you get if you get up to 60% of capacity of a freelancer could you then at that point pretty much get someone full time and to get that additional 40% of capacity um, yeah the same amount of money and in which case yeah. if you can replace it like for like so it's two different things yeah sometimes you're outsourcing and you get this whole like you outsource your marketing and you get a whole suite of skills and then the decision isn't just purely can i replace it like for like 
um, money-wise, but actually, am I going to get the same uh, sort skills, of knowledge? Yeah. yeah. Um, but then sometimes it is. Sometimes you're purely freelancing for someone for a particular skill that you say, well, actually, if I just get a new architect on board, for example, then um, I can now afford to bring someone in-house and get more output. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting because you do see it with um, quite a lot of slightly bigger businesses. And I know early on in my career, when I was at a, a fairly large company, they would often have freelancers for roles. And I used to know that like, I got quite friendly with some of them and understand that what they get paid is like crazy money um, for, for the role they're in. But because they're freelancer basis, that's what they're doing. And then they get paid overtime. So it was like, wow, it's actually for the freelancer, it's, it's, it's kind of incredible what you could actually earn for doing the same role but yet for some reason so it, i remember always thinking i can't really get um, get get my head around it why bigger businesses would would choose to do that route but i think it gives them a little bit more flexibility around the skills they've got how the length of time they use it for whether they need to mix it up and it's like the bigger the bigger the business is the more they want to keep head count and fix costs down mm. whereas smaller businesses i tend to find are quite keen on having people in-house to start with um that's kind of and so it's interesting how at some point i think that kind of changes and you're like you want your fixed cost as low as possible but you still want the skills maybe it's trust or i'm not sure but well and i, I think also you that. you don't necessarily so when you were in that business now you own and run your own business this is a classic yeah. example of you don't actually see all of the on costs of having an employee um, oh, you know, you're yeah. having a freelancer actually you're not you're not making pension contributions. You're not paying national insurance. You're not. So you're, yeah. you're not. You've not got the benefits, and you've got the flexibility of saying, "We need you this week. We don't need you next week." Um, yeah. So there are. It does just give that. Um, it does just give that flexibility. I think. Um, and so, the freelancer benefits because they sort of earn more, but they sacrifice it a little bit in job security. Um, yeah. And so it, I think, I think the way it works, it works well for both parties and then, and businesses just sort of have a bit of a balance. I think it just gives that, that flexibility to grow a bit. Yeah. So that, it means it probably could be providing, obviously you find somebody who's, who's good recommended actually a kind of a good stepping stone for a lot of businesses who are looking at, do I, don't I mm, try, although, although it does very much depend on, the person because obviously if you got you could get somebody who's amazing and you could get somebody who's equally not amazing and that could lose confidence in the whole mm. thing but if you if you vet them properly they come recommended could be a good way of i suppose to, uh, a business dipping their toe to see do they have enough work to keep this person busy mm. is, well, is this function going to add enough value absolutely and you say that about the um you know about the freelancer but you've got equally the same challenge in bringing someone on board you know, yeah. in the sense of finding someone who's good, are they, are they decent? Like you need to go through a real rigorous uh, recruitment is one of the things that we always say, take as much time as you need to try, do whatever you can to not be forced into making a hire. And if you don't, if you go through a whole round of recruitment and you don't feel you've found the right candidate, don't just plump someone because it's- a More bad, damaging, isn't it? A bad hire can be far more damaging. Um, and as you yeah. say, can then knock your confidence with it all as well. It can be very costly to the business. Yeah, it's very similar to what I say to um, uh, friends who are business owners and clients before they come, is that when they're making a decision, even whether or not to use us or use another agency, don't rush it or feel pressured into it. 
and make sure you do your homework. So if you are looking for a company to provide SEO services, ask them which keywords they um, that they they optimize their site for and then search and see if they, see, if, see if they're appearing on the first page if they're not or they tell you they're not investing they're not spending time on their own business then why should you get the confidence and you there's enough things out there when it comes to marketing to be able to actually vet and check are they are there is can they actually deliver the results because are they doing it for themselves because they'll always show you their best case scenario best case client but actually, that client could have been ranking on page one before they even came along. Yeah, absolutely. You don't even know if they're, st- they're still actively working with that client. But actually, if they're not doing it for themselves, and that's that's the real proof there, because only they'll be using their own services. They won't be using anyone external. So, yeah, it's really, um, yeah. I think it's a lot of food for thought there. So um, just before oh. we finish up, it'd be good to get kind of one piece of advice from you. If you had to give business owners struggling with the kind of the different hats, time to do the strategy, the implementation and everything in between, mm. what would be your one piece of advice for business owners? Um, I think the key thing is to have that simple strategy that you have developed and that uh, but it's it's then the execution to be honest so it's the so it's taking time out i mean we use a we use something called strategy on a page um which serves as a simple kind of methodology where you have on one page your strategy for all the five functions and you know every month you know what you're looking to achieve this year this quarter and this month and i think in order to execute it effectively you've got to then have an element of rhythm and accountability to it. So I think where business owners so often fall down is they're very good at vision, very good at where they want to be and loads of energy. And, you know, people with drive, entrepreneurs ready to sort of throw themselves into things and and push things forward. And so that's that's the big picture. And then they grab the next thing that's in front of them and start running with it. And the danger is that they sort of can lose sight of the journey and the big picture. And I think the key is actually the way that we do it. And so many of our clients, I think, find this really effective is we say, well, what's your objective for this year? Therefore, what are you looking to do this, achieve this quarter? Therefore, what are you going to do this month? And just focus, then forget the rest of it. You've got it all written down somewhere. Focus on getting those key bits that you've decided are the key next little step the small marginal gain that you can achieve this month on top of, because business owners are busy, so it's on top of running everything else that's going on in the business. Get those bits done and then come back. You've got to have some form of accountability, some form of review in a month's time to go back and say, ah, right, that's where we were aiming to be in three months. Now it's two months away. We did do those things because we focused on them or we didn't quite do that one for whatever reason. the numbers are telling us, you know, we're looking at our numbers and they're telling us this strategy is working or this strategy isn't. This is where we need to chop and change. We still know where we're going in 12 months time. It's now 11 months away. Um, right. The next obvious steps are these. And it's just having that rhythm of kind of planning, accountability. Yeah. It's like a logical I, follow through. Um, yeah. And with that as well, what you're saying, because obviously with them tracking it all, they'll be able to identify if there's something that's still there and it's not making progress. It's because it's not a big enough focus for them or they haven't got enough time. And these if that's happening consistently, you know, there's an issue. You need some you need additional support. You need additional skills. You need somebody with a bit more of an interest in it. So that there kind of helps you identify, OK, there's an area here that is not getting having the work put in. 
for one reason or another. So we need to, to put something in place in order to be able to fix that. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say the thing to go alongside that as well would be a really good financial forecast um, yeah. to be able to say, do you know what I can afford to invest in? Because it's, all, it's good to have the plan. And then yeah. you back that up and say, well, if I, you know, if I go and borrow a hundred thousand um, pounds and I invest it in X, Y, and Z, how quickly will I sort of get that return, get that return? Um, and so that you can say, right, if we execute the strategy in the right way, then we can afford to invest in this way. Um, and therefore we know we'll be anticipating this return coming back in and then monitoring that as well. So monitoring kind of, the financial progress of the business against the forecast and the strategy on a month by month basis as you go, um, I think is just just really helps to to keep that focus yeah. going in the right direction. Perfect. That's a brilliant piece of advice there, Brian. So thank you for um, joining us on this podcast today. Yeah. Really great. Thanks. And thanks to everyone for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode.